0: Amen. Amen. Well, good morning to all again. Once again, it's a privilege to be with you and a wonderful pleasure to open God's Word with you this morning. I get excited. You know, people get excited different things, you know, Uh, food, a good plate of food. You're like, wow, I love to go eat. Amen. Well, I love to eat spiritually too. I'm a good Baptist. I love food. Don't, Don't get me wrong. But when I open up the Word of God, it is amazing to see, to let God speak to us. So I would invite you this morning, come with that mindset. Say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. And let God, God's word, speak to your heart this morning. Open your Bibles with me, please, to a very well known passage of Scripture. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. We know it as the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28. And we will read from verse 16. To the end of the chapter, Matthew chapter 28 from verse 16 to the end of the chapter. When we are all have it, shall we all stand to give reverence to God's word. Matthew chapter 28. The word of God says this, it says, Then the eleven disciples went away into, into Jerusalem to the mountains where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All authority is, has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of this age. Amen. Let us pray. Father, Lord, make me a blessing to your people. That's all I desire this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Please have a seat. A very well-known passage of Scripture, and as we look at it this morning, uh Imagine with me Jesus has just appeared uh, told his disciples several times go and wait for me where in Galilee, not Jerusalem not Capernaum in Galilee and They went to Galilee and the Bible tells us in a mountain that had specifically told them go to that mountain over there and wait for me there And what did the disciples do? Exactly that they didn't go to Capernaum They didn't go to Jerusalem, they went to Galilee. Now remember, Jesus had risen from the dead in Jerusalem. And they went back to Galilee, to the mountain that Jesus had told them, and waited there. And he appeared to them, just as he had said. And they worshipped. Wonderful to see him. Some doubted, but they came and saw him. Knew that it was him. And at that point in time, Jesus gives them his great commission, last words, the mission that he would have them to do. The purpose that he would give them as they would still on this earth, he would want them to complete. And it's not going and knocking on doors. It's not making converts. The scriptures tell us, go and make, go and make disciples. What is a disciple? if not one who is willing to follow. We were saying this morning, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they, and they follow me. They are not pushed to. They are not dragged. They desire to. Do we have that desire? But as God's house is open, we want to be here. We want God to speak to us. And that we are real with Him because He's real with us. Father, speak to me. And what God is looking for is disciples, worshipers, men who worship Him in spirit and in truth, men who desire to, to love for Him and to honor Him. Go and make disciples. Now, how we ought to do that? How many times we think it's just knocking on doors and telling people, you know, five minutes, Jesus loves you and uh, come to know him and would you like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? But let me this morning change your mind just a little bit. And let's focus the Great Commission in its essence to its basic form. As Jesus is living and tells his disciples the Great Commission, in essence, what he is telling them is this. Love me. And teach others to love me. That's the Great Commission. Love me. And teach others to love me. You say, well, what do you see this? Is that in the Greek? I in the Greek. Yeah, definitely. Hang on. Is that in the Greek? Agape, what? Love? No, it's not. Well, why do you say that? How about verse 20? How about verse 20? He says, "Teaching them to observe all things, whatsoever I have, I have, commanded you." Do you see it? Still don't see it. Wasn't it Jesus who gave the definition for it? He says, in John chapter 14 and verse 15, Jesus says, "If you love me, if you love me, keep my." commandments. Do we love him? Are you willing to do all that God has commanded you? Many times when we talk about loving God, we think, oh yeah, I love him. But many times we're not willing to do what he tells us. Many people will say, Lord, Lord, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? God wants us to go out and find men that will love him. That will love him. But do you know why we love him? Why do you love him? We don't love God because one day we'll be in heaven or that we will get rewards. That's not why I love him. You know why I love him? Because he first loved me. Do you know that God loves you? The Bible tells me, "For God so, for God's so, love the world that He gave that which was precious to Him to save us, broken men." Well, we all try to project that we're perfect. No, there's nothing wrong. I'm good. I don't know you, but I know me. I'm far from perfect cut me I bleed red just like you I'm tempted just like you I have faults and failures just like you and oftentimes I ask God why, why do you want to use me what's there in me I, I say use somebody else this guy is much better than I am he speaks better he has more use him and God says no I want to use you why me I know who I am. I know who I am. But yet God saved me and wants to use me. If he has saved you, if you have seen his love and received his Holy Spirit, he wants to use you. And if you have not known him, he wants you to know him. He wants to show you his love. Now, why does God love you? Do you think that we were special or different, or you know, say, "Look at Sanford over there. Something about Sanford. He's just, it's a good guy. I just like him. Let me save him." You think there was something good in us that God saw and said, "Yeah, he's better than that." But let me save him. There was nothing good in us. God saved us by His grace. There was nothing in us that looked good. But God, because he was merciful, extended his hands to us. And he loved us. Do you know why God loves us? Do you know why? It's not because we're just his creation. It's a far deeper reason. Let me illustrate. Imagine with me that this is $100. Okay? And I say, who wants 100 bucks?" Yeah, yeah, everybody raises their hands. Yeah, who wants 100 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I did back to the $100, would you still want it? Okay. Would you still want it? Oh, come on. Would you still want it? I got some yes and no's. Would you still want it? Okay, I'll have to get a little creative. (coughs) Would you still want it? Why would you still want it? Why? Because it still has value. still has value. Even though sometimes we've been marred by sin, we've gone through the worst in the world, we've done things, we still have value to God. Even if we have no value to other people we still have value to God you are valuable to him and he would send his son to give his life for you and all he wants to do is this and cleanse you and use you broken men Imperfect man. What God wants to do is shine His Holy Spirit through each and every one of us, and show the world what He can do through broken men. That as we would submit to His Holy Spirit, that speaks to us—we spoke about that in Sunday school—that He would shine His love through us, by the Spirit, producing love in us. The Bible says, and the fruit of the Spirit is is love. We cannot love as we should apart from the Holy Spirit. We can't do it. You know why we love? Many times we love in the flesh. We love because it makes us feel good. We love because it it gives us something. God wants us to love the way he loves. And that can only be done through his spirit. As he produces fruit in us. And you know how? Jesus said it in verse 18. He says, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. How many of us disciples are willing to live under his authority? That his spirit can shine his love through us. We cannot testify of Christ apart from the Holy Spirit. It is Christ's Holy Spirit that has to magnify himself in us and shine so that other men can see it and desire it. That your life might be salt and light. And that it might draw men. That as men see your love for Jesus, they want to know who he is. Do you love him? And are you willing to do all that God has commanded you? That you would humble yourself under the word of God. Where are the Christians who are marked by God's word? That we can say, this here is a man of God. That's a woman of God. Because our lives mark and show that we are submitted to the authority of God. Where are the men and women who say, I do this, or I don't do this, not because pastor says, or because Grace Baptist Church teaches, but because God says. Who are those who would plant themselves on the word of God and do all, and do all that God hath commanded. Tell me how much you love God now. It's easy to say, but when you must humble yourself, And say, this is what I want, this is what my flesh wants, but not what God wants. And I'm willing to submit to what He wants. And as you do that, your friends, your family, your neighbors see that you love God more than yourself. Where are those Christians? That are willing to put their rights down, that they might shine Christ, that Christ might live, live in me. Jesus tells them, "Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you." Now, it's interesting. It's kind of difficult to go and testify and tell people, live for Christ when you're not doing it. Kind of difficult? I think that's one of the reasons why we can't go and minister and evangelize, because we tell people, hey, trust Jesus, but we have a tough time doing it. We can't teach what we don't live. and It's kind of difficult to go sell a vacuum cleaner, that you don't believe in, right? Hey, here, it is, vacuum cleaner over here, yeah, it, it's good, it's a, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. But imagine you believe in the product that you're selling. You can trust this, this thing works. This is a good thing. You can trust it. And you can bet your life on it. And not only that, but people see your desire and your passion for it it's amazing to me how christians today have passion for sports let's talk about the the cardinals so let's talk about the diamond and we get lighted up man statistics can tell you everything let's talk about talk about jesus and we're like yeah we go to church and i do that great and you think that will draw men to jesus let's talk about food and we get lighted up man yeah i love you put a little sauce on it Imagine if we had that same desire when we spoke up speak about Christ and that men would see our desire and Wow, I want to be like him. And it's not like me. What is me? If not men would see Christ in you. And that we are willing to do all that God has commanded. But we are not willing to do all that God has commanded. Disciples now pick and choose what they want to do. God's word says, and we heard it preached in the morning, and Spirit of God speaks to you and convicts you, and you leave this door, you go, like James says, you see, look in the mirror, you see there's something wrong, but you go and you you keep forgetting about it, it. And God is speaking to you and telling you, but you won't change. See, you already know what you want to do. See, what you want from God is a genie. Touch that lamp, the genie comes out, and you tell him, I want this, this, and this, and I want it today. And then go back in your lamp and wait until I call you again. God wants disciples. Men who are willing to serve, who are willing to give up their lives because they understand that they have value to God and God loves them. And in the face of that love, they are changed. The Bible says that we are saved, that God saved us and called us from darkness to light, that we might show his virtue, that we might reflect him. Same thing God wanted to do in the Old Testament. Use Israel as a nation submitted to God that other nations might see them and say, wow, we want to be just like them. God wants to use our lives and show men what he can do through us, broken men. Who submitted to His Spirit? Now, as God speaks to us and say, "Hey, get things right with Him," you say, "Yes, Lord, I do it." But as God says, "Hey, go do this," that as God touches your spirit, that the Spirit of God talks to you and says, "Hey, have you ever had this?" That the Spirit of God speaks to you, and somebody's passing by, and the Spirit of God says, "Say something." And you're like, mm, "Wow." Well. Say something. Say something, and you know God's Spirit is talking to you. Say something, and we what? Because many times we think, well, I don't know a lot. I I I don't know what to say. I I I don't. I'm not like pastor. Pastor knows the scriptures, and let let me bring him to pastor. Imagine with me for a minute. Pastor is like a spoon of salt. Imagine you're cooking food, good, whatever food you like. You use salt. Some of us love salt. Some of us can't have salt, but we love it anyway. Anyway. And God uses this as like salt. Put flavor in, man, too. And sometimes God needs a spoon of salt, spoons of salt to get it. But sometimes he does not. Sometimes God just needs a salt shaker, right? You have a taco. You don't need a spoon of salt. You just need what? And you're good. And you say, I'm just 10 cents. What is the value of 10 cents? Imagine you had $999.99. And God wants to use your 10 cents. It's not you. It's him. As you allow him to work through you. As you put yourself available to him. That he can mold you. And that he can make you. And that he can use you. Isn't that what we see in the, in, the, in the Bible? We read men of the old age, and they inspire us. Look at Noah. Wow, 120 years, and he preached for 120 years. Talk about faithfulness. Did Noah serve for results? Did he serve for results? Imagine teaching 120 years and nobody gets saved. How would you qualify his ministry? Failure. That's what the world sees. I mean, you you spoke for 120 years and not one person. Noah's ministry was a total success. Do you know why? Because he did exactly what God had commanded him. You read in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 22. It says, and Noah did exactly what God commanded him. God said, go build a boat, and he did it. Imagine building a boat in somewhere there's no water, haven't rained in a in, in, in for it never rained, and you're building a boat. Yeah, that's nice. Man, the ridicule, but he did it. Somebody mentioned, I, read a, I was reading a commentary, and says, Noah had one of the greatest ministries ever and was super successful. And I'm thinking, okay, where are you going with this? Imagine in a time where it was continually evil. Everybody is doing what they want. The Bible tells us that, that the imagination of men was continually always evil. Yet Noah reached his family. Three young men, they didn't go there by means of association. No, oh, my, my dad is a pastor, so we'll enter the ark. No. Each and every one of them decided to follow God. How, much of us, how many of us still battle with our families to get them saved? For young men, grown men, world is calling them being tempted from everything they want to see and they, uh, and they still say, no, we want to serve the God of our fathers. And you know they we were godly men because they married godly wives. So tell me, one of my greatest desires is to see people saved. But even greater than that, is to see that the two daughters that God has given to me come to know him as Lord and Savior. Not because I pull them, not because I force them to, but they see Jesus in me and say, I want to serve the God of my fathers. I wasn't raised in a Christian home, but I want to be the first generation that says, my father was, and to see that generation grow, that we want to serve God. You read First John Chapter 5 and verse 3, and, and John tells you, and this is love for God, that we keep his commandments, and that his commandments are not grievous. This is love for God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not heavy. It's like a child, and you say, uh, David, go through the trash. <laughs> Got for the trash. Is that how we act when God says do this? When God says, Take this out. When God says, Sacrifice that's not what we've seen in the Old Testament. Who here would give up their only son if God told you to? Madness. Man who was willing to submit their lives and do all that God has commanded them. And said, God said, go to that mountain and do it. And he did it. You know why? Because he knew who God was, his character, his person, and could trust him completely. Do you know the God that you serve and that you can trust him, that as he speaks to you and tells you, do this, you're able to do it. You do like Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 and says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. In other words, what that verse is saying is that you are willing to be, uh, believe that what God wants for you is better what, than what you want for you. And that you believe that His will is. What does it say? That you may prove that which is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. That you believe that the will of God, the will of God is good, it is acceptable, and it is perfect. Do you believe him? And are you willing to do all that he has commanded you? And you're willing to submit O on his authority? Not what pastor says, not what this teaches, but what God says. You open up the scriptures, and you plant your life upon the Word of God. You want another illustration? Fine. Let's take Joseph. Joseph, to me, is one of my favorite Bible characters. A boy at the age of 17 is torn from his family, betrayed by his own parents, by his own uh, siblings, and is sent into slavery and passes. now it's interesting that you don't even hear in the story of David uh, of, of the story of, 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 of Joseph. you don't hear him when he prayed and he cried to the Lord. The only two verses that you hear that encourages us is this, "And the Lord was with Joseph. Do you know why God was with Joseph? Because Joseph was with God. See that many times that us as Christians we hear and we say God is with me. But we're living in sin and we know it. So which God is with you? The one that's been telling you to change? And you say, Come over here, here Lord, come here, bless me. And God says, I want to bless you, but you need to come over here. You change. You give it up. You submit. You obey and not because you're forced to but because you want to that you know him that well you're willing to trust his character and his person and that you're willing to do it Joseph would trust God and love God cannot understand how a man who is tempted by a beautiful woman, beautiful Egyptian woman. Don't tell me that uh, a, fair, uh, uh, f- um, what's his name? It's not Pharaoh. Potiphar's wife was not beautiful. If he's a chief guy, his wife is good looking. And catches him in the building and there's nobody there. And says, sleep with me. And we know what he's saying. And we know what she's saying. Sleep with me. And another people, person's and says, what in the world? Why does he get out of there? A 17-year-old, 20-year-old man Cut him. He bleeds red just like you and me, and decides to run out of there. But he gives his reason for it. He says, how can I do this against? But there's nobody there. Nobody will know. You're far away from parents, family, anybody you know. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. The woman said. And Joseph said, somebody will know. He will know. And I want to honor him. Don't tell me Joseph was gay or he didn't like women. He got married, had two kids. He waited to do it the right way. How many of us would be willing to trust God and to live for him and to love him and to do things his way? Instead of our way. And that you were willing to do all that God has commanded you. And that men will see it in your lives. Your love for God. Your surrender to his will. And that will draw them to him. And that will make them want to love him. Does your life impact men for Christ? We read in the Old Testament. Wow. Does Abraham impact you? Does Joseph impact you? Do you impact others? Can somebody look at your life and the way that you have lived and is drawn to God by it? That's what God wants to do. That, my friend, is the great commission. That as you live submitted to God's Spirit, men see it and want to know God. Do you live that way? Do we fail? Sure we do. We're human. But even what we do when we fail shows that we want to honor him. What should we do when we fail? First John 1.9 If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to what? And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That we are willing to submit to him and to love him. Don't we see that? the life of David. Let's take David. Send him up there. When I say David, what is the first thing you think of? Bathsheba, right? It's like a t-shirt I saw one time. It's a dog tied to its kennel. And it says, when I do good, no one remembers. When I do bad, no one forgets. Isn't that right? When I do bad, everybody remembers it. You know, that's the guy who just, yeah, yeah. Nobody remembers when I did good, but everybody remembers when I did bad. The Bible tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. Do, do you understand what that means? Do you understand what that means? Read it with me. In Acts chapter 13, it is mentioned there. Acts 13, we read from verse 22. Acts chapter 13 and verse 22, it says, and when he had removed him, when God had removed Saul from being king, he said, he raised up for them David as king, to whom he gave testimony and said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, and what does that mean? Read the last phrase who will do all my will. I found a man who is willing to do all that I command him to do. The title of a man after God's own heart is not only for David. It should be for every one of us. That we should be after God's own heart, desire to do what he wants instead of what I want to do. And that when God would speak to us, we would be like, my liege, what would you have? When God speaks to us, it's like, let me think about it. We want to be spiritual about it too. I'll pray about it. Let me pray about it. I don't want to. It doesn't fit in my schedule. And you know God is speaking to you. And you know what he says in his word, but you will not submit to his authority. God had found a man in David. He was willing to do all that God had commanded him. You read in, in, in Chronicles, the Bible says, and David did all that God commanded him, saving one thing with the, with the wife of Urias, the Hittite. That one thing David sinned. He didn't do what God wanted him to do. Do you know what happens every time we sin? Do you know what happens? Every time we sin, this is what happens. Every time I sin, I choose to put my desires above God's. Isn't that what it is? I decide to do what I want instead of what God wants. Think about it. Let me ask you a question. How many times do you sin? Okay, put it this way. Most times when we sin, do we sin without knowledge? Do we sin without knowledge? Or we know what we're doing. Or we know that we're doing wrong. But we choose to do it. But you say, no, it's this overpowering desire. And I just fell into it. No. If Spirit of God is living to you, that that prick has been there for, you know. But you go, no. I want it. You want it. I want it. More than I desire him. And what he says. When I desire to do that, it's when I sin. But when I desire to put what God wants more than what I feel, what I think, today we live in a Christianity where it's Christians are driven by what they feel like. Not what God's word says. What I don't feel like going to church today. But I don't feel like... i a bunch of Christians controlled by feeling instead of being controlled by God's word. We're the Christians that are controlled by God's word. I do this. I don't do this. Because God says. And when people challenge us, why do you do this? You don't say, well, pastor says. Oh, our church does it. No, no, no. You say, God says. Here it is. That's why I do this. Because I'm convinced by the word of God and I want to honor honor him and it doesn't matter if you're young if you're old we can still be a witness a powerful witness for God let me close with this do you remember the story of the blind man sitting at the gate and Jesus and his disciples are walking by this is the Roger Standard Version okay And they're walking by, and they see this man. And the disciples say, hey, what's with this guy? Is it this way because of his sin or because of his parents' sin? And Jesus says, neither. This man is there that he may glorify me. A man born 40 years blind, sitting there for his one purpose, that Jesus would pass by and heal him. That one event changed Jerusalem upside down. God would use that man as a testimony to reach others, even in his weakness. Now tell me that God can't use you. And give me the amount of excuses that you want to give. Oh, no, I don't have, I can't, I do, blah, 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 blah. I remember as a young man coming from school one day. And I opened my fridge, and there was cold water. I was hungry. My mom was still working. And I went to this lady's house, so a cousin of ours, an elderly lady. And I went, I said, hey, do you have anything to eat? And she said, I just cooked a little bit of banana and uh, green bananas and, and chicken. And I just ate some and left some for tomorrow. She's a widow. She said, I don't know what I'm gonna get for tomorrow, but, I, but if you want it, you can have it. I felt bad, but I was hungry. So I took that chicken and I ate it, I remember sitting on the steps right there and eating it, and feeling bad, but I was hungry, like I said. And while I was eating it, I tell you, remember it as clear as day. The neighbor comes out of the house with a plate of food this big and says, hey, I cooked too much, we were expecting people, but they didn't come, can you use it? And my jaw dropped. I was like, well, can I have a piece of that too? But my jaw dropped because I saw something that was amazing. This lady had given me her last piece of food that she had and God in a miraculous way provided for her. This was the elderly lady who would have her Bible open on a table with her daily bread every day and sit down. Never spoke to me about Jesus, but I saw it in her. And I saw how God opened doors and blessed that woman. And that event impacted me and has stayed with me until this day. Tell me you can't witness. And sometimes the smallest things in our lives is what can draw men to him. When you you let God use you. Or we can be hindrances. How many of us, our lives detract people from knowing Christ. I remember one time I went to with a guy to get pizza. And I was with him, the missionary. And we're going to this place and he's like, hey, tells the girl, how are you doing? Are you doing good today? You're doing great? And the girl looks at him and goes, why are you talking to me? Every time you come in here, you're always serious and angry. The girl remembered that every time that he came in here, he was angry and serious. And she remembered who he was. Does your life draw men to Christ? That your attitude, your character, your person gives way that people would want to know? Or does it close that door? That on Sunday mornings we're... But during the week... We don't live what we believe. And that God might use us, use you, to impact your children and your neighbors and your family and people that you meet across the street that they might know who he is. And that you are willing to do all that God has commanded you. And as we do that, God uses us Spirit of God begins to produce fruit in us to love, joy, peace, long-suffering. And that he's glorified. Does the glory of God, do you desire the glory of God more than your happiness? What is your goal? I want to be happy. Or do you, be, do you live for the glory of God? And that menace to you that you are willing to do all that God has commanded you. That you are willing to do all His will. And even when you fail, you will still be willing to submit to His authority and honor Him.